And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senoras y senores. This is episode number 14 of the NAI Ball Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez. This episode, we will be going over every single bracket of the NAI Baseball Opening Round Tournament. Only nine teams can advance to the NAI Avista World Series in Lewiston, Idaho. But before we get in to all the brackets and everything going on around the NAI, we have to introduce the man, the myth, the legend behind the NAI Ball account, the foremost authority on NAI Baseball. Cody, man, how are you today? I am fantastic. Best weekend of the year. No one's playing right now, but just everyone's gearing up for Monday. I'm doing well. Absolutely. Monday will be the big day. The tournaments get kicked off. Everything should be done by Thursday, and we'll know who's going to the Avista NAI Baseball World Series, of course, from Harris Field in Lewiston, Idaho. It's going to be an exciting tournament. I know you and I have, uh, we're going to duke it out in one certain bracket later on in the show, so I'm definitely excited about that. But over 30 repeat qualifiers from the 2017 opening round tournament. Uh, the Appalachian Athletic, the Southern States Athletic Conference, and the Sun Conference lead all leagues with four teams in the field. But here's the thing, Cody, is no conference had less than two teams make the tournament. Give me some thoughts on that. I mean, it's a really balanced field. we got teams from all over the country. I definitely want to shout out Mobile, William Jessup, and Reinhardt. That's their first time making the national tournament. And it's going to be a fun weekend for everybody. And it will be an absolutely fantastic weekend. Let's go ahead and kick things off with our first bracket that we will cover. It will be the Bowling Green bracket from BG Ballpark in Bowling Green, Kentucky. The number one overall seed in that tournament is the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma. It is their fourth appearance. They have one title in their history. The number two seed is Campbellsville out of Kentucky, their eighth appearance overall, one title for them. The number three seed is Reinhardt, their first appearance in program history. The number four seed is Bellevue. This is their ninth appearance with one trip to the World Series since this format started. And the five seed overall in this tournament is Midland out of Nebraska, their fifth overall appearance. I've got the Drovers of USAO. Let's tell you a little bit about them. The Drovers are 45-6 and six overall. They're Sooner Athletic Conference champions. They hit 354 as a team, 378 ERA. Their pitcher to watch is going to be Jose Hidalgo. He's got a 214 ERA, 9-2 record, 67 in a third innings pitch, 29 walks, 88 strikeouts, opponents hitting just 174 off of him. Kenny L. Rivera is the hitter to watch. 395 average, 9 home runs, 59 RBIs. USAO going a long way from Oklahoma, but it'll be interesting to see how they play out in Bowling Green. Cody, you've got Campbellsville and Reinhardt. Tell us about them. Campbellsville is going to stay close to home in Kentucky. They are the Mid-South Conference champion. They are 36-15 and 15 on the year, hitting 316 as a team with a 3.75 ERA. Player to watch, Matthew Valdez, leadoff hitter, 364, 18 doubles, 12 home runs, a lot of pop to spark that lineup. Pitcher to look out for, Parker Lutenstock, 4-0 on the year, 63 innings, 3.11 ERA, really good arm for them. The third team in this region is Reinhardt, making their first appearance in the national tournament. They're an at-large, hitting 281 as a team, 3.96 ERA. D.H. Sherman Graves hitting 319 on the year, 10 home runs, 52 RBIs. He's a driveline guy, got to give a shout-out to driveline baseball. And starting pitcher, Jason Gifford, 89 innings pitched, 3.13 ERA. Batters are only hitting 222 off of him. He is the ace of that staff. I've got Bellevue, the Bruins, making their ninth appearance with one title. The Bruins went 37-21. and They certainly turned things around from a slow start. They are the NSAA champion, 316 average, 398 ERA for that team. Steven Knapp's going to be the guy to watch on the mound, a 238 ERA with a 5-2 and record. He's also got a save on the season. 75 and two-thirds innings pitched, 16 walks, 64 strikeouts. Corey Longacre is the hitter to watch for the Bruins. 394 average, 
85 hits, 8 home runs, 43 RBIs. Cody finishes off in Bowling Green with Midland. You know, they're the G-Pack runner-up, 32-20 and 20 on year, hitting 277 as a team with a 3.96 ERA. Player to watch, Tanner Boss, first baseman, hitting 339, 16 doubles, couple home runs, 39 RBIs. And as always, a pitcher we've mentioned on this show several times, Tori Escamilla. 85 innings pitched, 273 ERA, 92 strikeouts. He's a guy that can go in there and take a game off of one seed, so I'm really looking forward to this tournament. Cody, the moment everybody's been waiting for, who is winning the Bowling Green Bracket? Uh, for the third straight year, man, I'm sending the Drovers back to Lewiston, Mike Ross, and Science and Arts get it done, and I think they're the best team in this regional. I'm going to take USAO as well. I think USAO's the best team in this regional. I think Coach Ross and the Drovers, just with the power they have on the mound, Jose Hidalgo's a big guy, and he's not the only name on that team. Uh, but just everything about USAO I think is great, as long as they can go on the road and get it done. I've got USAO winning the Bowling Green Bracket. Is there a dark horse in this tournament you could see pulling one out? Yeah, I'd probably pick Bellevue if I had to pick a team that could shake things up. You know, really good pedigree, really good baseball team. They have some familiarity with USAO. They've definitely played them before. But uh, I feel confident that USAO is going to get it done. I'm going to take Bellevue as well as, as the dark horse. I got to see them earlier this year in West Palm. Uh, they look like a team that wasn't finished yet, and sure enough, here they are. They win their tournament in the NSAA, and right back to where they normally are, into the national tournament, into the opening round, an opportunity to go to Lewiston. All five of those teams have a chance, but I still think USAO is is the uh, front runner there. Moving on now to the Hattiesburg Bracket, hosted by William Carey University at Milton Wheeler Field. The number one overall seed, making their seventh appearance with one title, is St. Thomas University out of Miami Gardens, Florida. The number two seed is Westmont out of California. They're making their fourth tournament appearance. IU Southeast makes their fifth tournament appearance. LSU Shreveport makes their tenth appearance. They have two titles all time. And the number five seed is the host school, William Carey University. Sixth appearance, one title. I've got the Bobcats. Let me tell you about... St. Thomas University, 53-7. and seven. They are the at-large out of the Sun Conference. It's a team that hits 367 as a team at 335 ERA. Orlando Rodriguez is the pitcher to watch here. 198 ERA, 13-0, 84-3rd innings pitch, 55 walks, 108 strikeouts. What a year for Orlando Rodriguez. I could not pick a hitter. We spend so much time on this show. We talk a lot about Nelson Montpierre. But I had to split it up here. Eli Marrero has 86 hits on the season. And then a guy that I was so impressed with getting to call the entirety of the Sun Conference tournament was Jackie Urbaez. 91 hits on the year for Jackie Urbaez. So the St. Thomas University Bobcats, a team to watch. Cody, you've got Westmont. Tell us more about the team out of California. And the number two team in this region, they're an at-large bid, 34-16 and 16 on the season. They hit 294 as a team with a 496 ERA. A player to watch for me is Michael Stefanik, their second baseman, co-GSAC player of the year. I got to see him in a couple of regionals a few years ago when he was an underclassman, hitting 401, 16 doubles, 46 RBIs. And their best pitcher, man, Grant Gardner, 100 innings pitch, 242 ERA, people hitting 230 off of him. And he's 9-2 and two in the GSAC. That's hard to do. He's a really good pitcher. Moving on here to IU Southeast, making their fifth appearance overall. 40-12 and 12 on the season, the River States Conference regular season champ. They hit 300 as a team with a 310 ERA. Brandon Nyland, a 2-1-9 ERA with an 8-1 record, 82 and a third innings pitch, 21 walks and 69 strikeouts. And then the hitter to watch for IU Southeast will also be Richard Rodriguez, a 344 average, 15 doubles, 49 RBIs. At the same time here, we've got LSU Shreveport, 39 and 20. And the Red River Athletic Conference regular season champion. The Pilots hit 313 with a 509 team ERA, but the pitcher, Rennie Tolentino, 281 ERA, 11 and 3 overall in the season, 86 in the third innings pitch, 42 walks, 119 strikeouts, a 163 opponent average, a force on the mound. And then I had to go with our guy, Bo Gullibo, 350 average for him on the year, 71 hits. 17 doubles, 40 
three RBIs, and it just wouldn't be a Pilots team without a kid with such a Louisiana name. But, of course, he's from Texas. Well, you know, they do it kind of different down there in Texas, too. <laughs> the fifth team in this region, William Carey, an at-large team, a host site, 33-23, and 23, playing at home in Hattiesburg, hitting two seventy six as a team, 5.70 ERA. The player to watch is the top of their order, Christian Smith, center fielder, hitting three thirty, leads the country with 52 stolen bases. And then uh, going, you know, against the green here, the uh, probably a, a rare pick, a relief pitcher, Dylan Spires, not even a closer, just a guy they bring in whenever they need to get out. 28 relief appearances on the season. He's already pitched 42 innings, no starts. You have 42 innings. You're getting used a lot. 1.93 ERA. People are only hitting 205 against them. And in a regional where you have Shreveport, IU Southeast, and St. Thomas, you're going to need to get some outs out of the pen. Yeah, you're definitely going to have to get some outs out of the pen uh, for William Carey. It'll be interesting, that 4-5 matchup between LSU, Shreveport, and William Carey. But, Cody, who are you going to take in this in this tournament? I'm taking St. Thomas to win this tournament. i got to go with St. Thomas as well. I think uh, they're, they're going to be really, really good this year. Uh, I've seen them a ton. They are really, really good this year. St. Thomas can hit. They can pitch. I think Coach Bettis has everything clicking, and uh, you know when that offense clicks, they put up a whole ton of runs. Is there a dark horse in this tournament? Uh, I mean, I think you can make a case for Indiana Southeast. You know, they got to the final last year against you guys. I, I don't see it, man. Like you said, I think if St. Thomas is clicking, they're going to be a team that's playing on May 31st. So I think they're one of the best teams in the country. By you guys, uh, Cody, meaning Kaiser University, of course, where I've called and been a part of the program for a number of years. I'm going to take LSU Shreveport as kind of my dark horse. Uh, I've, I've been familiar with Shreveport for a long time, uh, you know, way back when when you had like Jared Mortensen and uh, I want to say Greg Friesen and when Coach LaValle, uh was with Rocky Henderson out there. So way back when, I know what Shreveport can do. When they get rolling, uh, I still think St. Thomas, though, is, is the favorite in that tournament. Moving on here to the Kingsport bracket, hosted by Visit Kingsport from Hunter Wright Stadium. The number one overall seed is Southeastern University out of Lakeland, Florida, making their fourth appearance. The number two seed is no stranger to this tournament, Tennessee Wesleyan, 10th appearance, three titles for them. Then the three seed is Madonna out of Michigan with their sixth appearance. Clark, Iowa, making their third appearance. And Trinity Christian, the five seed, second appearance. I've got Southeastern 51-7 and seven on the year for Adrian Dinkle's squad in the fire. They are a at-large team out of the Sun Conference, a 3-2-4 ERA and a 3-23 excuse me, a 3-23 ERA and a 3-2-4 average. They've been that good on the season hitting 324. Jonathan Bermudez is the pitcher with a 1.66 ERA, 12 and 2 record. 86 and 2 thirds innings pitch, 27 walks and a ridiculous 128 strikeouts. The hitter, and if this guy's healthy and he's ready to roll, watch out. Nick Batari, 4.37 average, 11 home runs, 41 RBIs. He was missing from the lineup for a little bit. He's back. He's hitting well and he can do a lot of damage. Cody, tell us a little bit more about Tennessee Wesleyan. You know, they qualified for this tournament as the AAC runner-up. They were the co-regular season champions, 37-19 and 19 on the year. Tennessee Wesleyan's hitting 289 as a team, 3.75 ERA. The pitcher to look out for, Daniel Tolano, 19 appearances, started nine games. He does a little bit of both. 10-0 and on the year, 72 innings pitch, 2-0-0 ERA, 75 strikeouts, a really good arm for them. He'll hit into the 90s, just a really good pitcher. The hitter to look out for is Dakota Phillips, hitting 345, 19 doubles, 14 home runs. This is a really good team that can make a run if they get hot. I've got Madonna, the three seed, out of Michigan, their sixth appearance overall. They are 36-16, and and they are the WAC Tournament Champion, Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference up north. Somebody told me when we did a Periscope the other day, don't sleep on the wax, so watch out for Madonna. 2.96 average as a team, 4.22 ERA. Pitcher is Tyler Butson. 2.41 ERA for him, 2.41. 8-3 record with 78 and a third innings pitch. 23 walks, 100 strikeouts. Their hitter is Jared Hagan with a 3.83 average, 69 hits, and 33 RBIs. Cody, you've got Clark and Trinity Christian. Tell us all about them. 
The number four team in this region is the Clark Pride, the Hart champion, 35 and 21 on the year, hitting 272 with a 4.73 ERA. A hitter to watch is Kelvin Hundley, guy with 18 home runs last year, has eight this year, hitting 286, already scored 41 times. And they have a pair of pitchers, Michael Lopez and Anthony Rudin, both get it done. Lopez has a 3.00 ERA. Anthony Rudin struck out 100 batters this year. Fifth team in this tournament is Trinity Christian, a team that swept the Chicagoland Collegiate Athletic Conference tournament. They went 4 0. They're hitting 346 as a team, 495 ERA. A pitcher to watch for them is Richard Yelnick, pitched over 94 innings this year, just been their horse on the And one of the best players in the country, Kyle Kolb, hitting 470, 86 hits, four home runs, 50 RBIs, stolen 11 bases. Yeah, Trinity Christian's Kyle Kolb has been fantastic this season. If you have to pick, give me your winner and then your dark horse. Give me them both. Okay, I'm taking Southeastern to get out of this regional. I think they're going to get it done this year, and they're going to win and punch their ticket. But I think Tennessee Wesleyan. And another, like you mentioned, Butson with Madonna. Man, Butson, they have two good arms with Butson and Cliff Landis. It wouldn't surprise me with Madonna. This is a really good region, I'll be honest. This is the best one we've covered so far. I've got to go with Southeastern as well, and then I, I don't know if you could call Tennessee Wesleyan a dark horse. I know they didn't exactly start the year the way they wanted, but uh, Southeastern University, Adrian Dinkel's squad, I think they're just overly talented. I think they've got the most talent in this region. If they can put it all together, get it rolling, they will win the Kingsport bracket. Um, but Tennessee Wesleyan would be my other team that I could see uh, winning that tournament as well. Moving on here to one that we're both interested in, the Lawrenceville Bracket, hosted by Georgia Gwinnett College at the Grizzly Baseball Complex. The number one seed making their fifth appearance with one title is the Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies. The number two seed at Arkansas with their fourth appearance is Lyon. The number three seed making their third appearance with one title, Kaiser University out of West Palm Beach, Florida. The number four seed with their second appearance is Indiana Wesleyan. And the number five seed... Out of Georgia, third appearance, one title. The five seed is point. Cody, you've got Georgia Gwinnett. Go ahead and run through the Grizzlies. They're the number one team in this bracket. They're the AII runner-up. 343 batting average, 4.18 ERA. A couple of players that need to do well for them in this tournament to succeed. First baseman Alex Garland hitting 373 with 17 doubles, eight home runs. He plays really good first base. He needs to be great defensively all week. And then the relief pitcher, I think, that really needs to have a great week for them is Cole Uvila. 49 innings pitch, 70 strikeouts. He's a guy that started as a starter, switched over to the pin. You know, these guys are going to bring 94 miles an hour every outing. And I think if he has a great week, it could be a good week for the Grizzlies. I've got Lyon. The Scots are 36-15. and 15. They are the AMC regular season champ. 301 average with a 4-3-1 ERA. Tyson Campbell. The guy to watch on the mound, 2.92 ERA, 12 and 2 record, one save, 98 and two thirds innings pitch, 21 walks, 108 strikeouts, and then Kylan Barnett, a guy who's actually out of West Palm Beach, Florida, Forest Hills Community High School, 3.79 average, nine home runs, 52 RBIs for the Scots this year. I've also got Kaiser University, 37 and 17, an at-large bid out of the Sun Conference, 3.22 average. 4-3-4 ERA. Victor Hughes on the mound, 2-22 ERA with a 4-3 and record, 52 and two-thirds innings pitch, 19 walks and 67 strikeouts. And then Marco Rivera and Chucky Lopez were two guys I wanted to talk about. Marco with 11 home runs this season, Chucky with 13, having a special year for a guy that really hasn't played a full season of baseball yet in college at a ton of levels that he's been at. So that's really exciting for him. Cody, tell us about Indiana Wesleyan. Well, they're the Crossroads regular season champion. They're hitting 265 as a team, but they're one of the best arms in the country. 2.94 staff ERA. Jordan Wharton, their shortstop, 303 average, 17 doubles, 42 RBIs. And then they have a pair of pitchers, but I picked Kyle Hall. 59 innings pitch, struck out 83 batters. He can miss some bats. That's great to have when you go into an opening round tournament. 2.43 ERA. If they continue to pitch well, they can pull some upsets. So let me, you know, we get into point here. Third appearance, one title, the AAC Tournament Champion, 34-23. and 23, A big-time performance for them to get into the tournament. 
in the Appalachian Athletic Conference. 302 average, 446 ERA. Jesse Ford with a 368 ERA. He's the pitcher to watch with a 10 in 1 record. 85 and two thirds innings pitch, 49 walks, 77 strikeouts, and then Juan Reyes, 369 average for him. 14 home runs, 47 RBIs, and 2016, if people remember, Point was the first ever five seed to win an opening round tournament. Yeah, they went down to the regional in Savannah and upset Campbellsville and punched their ticket to Lewiston. It was a great upset and one of the more memorable stories in NAIA baseball. So I will let you choose your dark horse first. Point. I'll be honest with you. Point. I mean, they're a team that did it in 2016. They, you look at the teams they just beat last week. They beat Brian twice and Tennessee Wesleyan, two really good baseball teams. I think Point's a team that could be another dark horse. I was going to go with Point also. I saw them earlier this, this season in West Palm Beach, and they've made a total turnaround uh, from that series at the beginning of the year. So really good you know, a way that they've gotten into the tournament. They want a good conference tournament. So awesome for them. I think they could be the dark horse. Who will you take to win the tournament? But I am picking GGC to go to this tournament. I think they're going to go 3-0. and I think they have the team to do it. They went to Lewiston for four games. They went to Faulkner. I think they're just ready, man. You want to guess who I'm taking? Are you picking with your head or with your heart? <laughs> uh, I'm taking Kaiser the whole way, baby. Oh, my uh, goodness. I, I think if they can, you know, if they put it together... Uh, this weekend, and they play some good baseball, get hot at the right time, you know, they can they can do anything. I'm excited for that team to get into the tournament. I know a lot of the guys uh, were texting me, we were talking, and actually Monday I ran into the coaching staff, or excuse me, Thursday I ran into the coaching staff, and uh, we had lunch together, and I mean, there wasn't any real doubt. They I felt like they they could feel they were in so I think they go out there. Lions going to be a really tough test, but you take it one game, one pitch at a time. So I'm I'm still taking Kaiser. Yeah, and I don't want to sleep on Lion too much either. You look at Tyler Tognarine and Tyson Campbell, two of the best pitchers. The you know the 2018 AMC Pitcher of the Year and the 2017 AMC Pitcher of the Year. So Lions, a team that can come in here and win this regional too. I definitely don't want to make them feel slept on. Absolutely. Moving out west to the Lincoln Bracket, hosted by the Placer Valley Tourism and William Jessup University from McBean Stadium. The number one overall seed making their first ever appearance in an opening round tournament, William Jessup University. The number two seed from out east, Middle Georgia State, making their third appearance. The number three seed making their second appearance is Antelope Valley. The number four seed is Judson in their sixth appearance. And the number five seed is the University of British Columbia, Canada's team, their seventh appearance. Cody, none of these teams have ever won a title, but first you're going to tell us about William Jessup and Middle Georgia State. William Jessup won the conference regular season championship and tournament championship. A routine that won 10 games last year to make the transition to a 36-game winner. The hosting your own regional is just tremendous for them. They're hitting 331 as a team, 4.54 ERA. Player to watch is Austin Swift. He is the co-GSAC player of the year. 383 average, 16 home runs, 54 RBI. And then a pitcher to watch out for is relief pitcher, Tyler Fujimoto. 20 appearances, 7 saves. 44 innings pitched. I think you're going to need to be able to get some outs in the final innings to win this regional. The number two team in this tournament is Middle Georgia. The SSAC champ, they pounded Faulkner in their last game to punch their ticket, hitting 327 as a team, 4.56 ER. Zach Cornell, the left fielder, is a really good hitter to look out for. 401 average, six home runs, 44 RBIs. And then a relief pitcher I chose again, Austin Goff. I think he's a guy that Middle Georgia is going to need to get outs to end games. 22 appearances on the year. 64 innings, 4.04 ERA, and 57 strikeouts. He's a guy that got some outs in that Faulkner game, and I think if they're going to have success in this regional, he needs to get outs against William Chesham. I've got Antelope Valley making their second appearance in an opening round tournament, 41-11 and 11 with one tie this season. The Calpac champs hitting 334 with a 4.88 ERA. The pitcher to watch, Clayton Rabier, 3.13 ERA, 11-0 record, 97 and two-thirds innings pitch, 43 walks, 82 strikeouts. And then Tyler Pittman as a hitter, 383 average, seven home runs, 60 RBIs. It's an Antelope Valley team that can definitely swing the bats. They're going to need some good pitching. I definitely trust Robbie A on the mound. And so uh, I know the other day on Twitter they said they don't have an ace. I think Robbie A's numbers are pretty great, but we'll see what they got here. Cody, tell us about Judson. 
the CCAC regular season champion. They're hitting 280 as a team with a 3.37 ERA. Player to look out for, left fielder David Matthews. 40 runs, 20 bombs this year. 20 home runs, 59 RBIs. And then one of the best pitchers in the country, Miguel Villafan. I could be saying that wrong. Robbie, do you to pronounce that? Villafanye, possibly. 78 innings pitched, 1.49 ERA, 84 strikeouts. People are only hitting 201 off of him. He's won conference pitcher of the week a couple of times. One of the best pitchers in the country. Hey, your guess there was as good as mine. The number five seed is making their seventh overall appearance. They are the team out of the University of British Columbia, Canada's team. They got to the tournament with a record of 28-24, and 24, and they are the NAI West Group tournament runner-up. A 271 average for them in a 5.68 ERA. Their pitcher to watch is Neil Windler. A 3-3-9 ERA with a 5-3 record, 79 and two-thirds innings pitched, 29 walks, 80 strikeouts, and then Mitch Robinson on the at the plate. 354 average, seven home runs, and 49 RBIs. Cody, one of these teams is going to win their first opening round tournament in school history. Who's it going to be? I'm picking William Jessup to win the regional. I think they're going to win it over Middle Georgia. It would not surprise me if Middle Georgia won it. I think it's a really good matchup, the way they both just slug the baseball. They're going to be playing in a field where they're going to score a lot of runs. This is going to be the Bartlesville of 2018. I don't think it's going to be on that scale. Nothing will ever top that. But I think there's going to be a lot of runs scored, and I think William Jessup is going to slug it out at home and get the bid. I'm going to take Middle Georgia State. I think uh, you know they surprised us in the Southern States Conference. They're playing well. I'm interested to see that uh, East Coast, West Coast style of baseball be played against each other. I'm interested to see these guys from Middle Georgia State go out there and scrap in California if they're focused and they're ready to roll. I think they can win this tournament. Uh, my dark horse, I'm going to go with Antelope Valley. I think uh, they're, they're another team that, that can go out there and really surprise some people. Yeah, I think there's a path for them. I think they win that first game against Middle Georgia. you got to win that first game to get into that winner's final. Yeah, but I think if they go 2-0, there's definitely a path for them. I think William Jessup overall may have the best pitching depth, but I you know, I think Middle Georgia can outslug with anybody. Middle Georgia's lineup is talented. I mean, you're going to watch them in the region. You're going to see that's a talented athletic bunch. But uh, I think William Jessup's going to get it done. They're playing at home. They're comfortable. McKinley has this team rolling. And it's just the story. Maybe it's the story in them from going from 10 wins to the World Series, but I think it's going to happen. Moving on here to the Montgomery Bracket. In Montgomery, Alabama, hosted by Faulkner University from Harrison Field. The number one overall seed, making their ninth appearance with five titles, Faulkner University. The number two seed, making their second appearance, is Weber International. The number three seed, making their eighth appearance, is Indiana Tech. The number four seed, Talladega, making their third appearance. And then the five seed, LSU Alexandria, with their fourth appearance. Cody, Tell us more about the number one seed, Faulkner. Now they're an at-large team. They're 50-7, and seven, number one in the team in the country, hitting 334 on the year with a 3.20 team ERA. Hard to pick between two players. The Ryan Rosa, a really good shortstop, but I went with the center fielder, Reese Cooley, 404 average, 11 home runs, 43 RBIs with 17 stolen bases. And Tyler Tungate on the mound, really good pitcher for them all year, 69 innings pitch, 2.74 ERA and 85 strikeouts. I have Weber International in Indiana Tech. First, let's tell you about the two-seed out of Babson Park, Florida. Weber International went ahead and won their first Sun Conference tournament in school history, defeating St. Thomas University. They beat St. Thomas, Southeastern, and they also went on to defeat Florida Memorial on a walk-off home run. They had an absolutely special tournament in the uh, Sun Conference tournament that was here in West Palm Beach. Their pitcher to watch is going to be Zach Spivey, a 2.38 ERA, six and seven, 113 and a third innings pitch, 26 walks, 97 strikeouts. That's a guy that outdueled Jonathan Bermudez in a fantastic game. Their hitter to watch is going to be Chris Medina, 3.33 average, nine home runs, 47 RBIs. Another guy in Jesse Coleman. He can do it all for that team, so it'll be really exciting for Brad Niehammer and Weber International. Indiana Tech on the other side, 42-19. and 19. They are the regular season champion out of the WAC, 309 average with a 382 ERA. Jason Sternett with a 336 ERA, 9-1 record, 83 and a third innings pitched, 19 walks, 
and 76 strikeouts. And then Glenn McClain hitting a ridiculous 428 with 10 home runs and 50 RBIs. Cody, tell us about Talladega. Talladega, the AII tournament champion. They swept through the AII, beat Georgia Gwinnett back-to-back. They're hitting 305 as a team with a 605 ERA. Athlete, I put athlete because he pitches and he hits. Wilkin Luis, 352 average, three home runs, 26 RBIs, 24 innings on the mound, 3.24 ERA with 23 strikeouts. And they're led by their ace, Julian Fitz, 69 innings pitched, 3.63 ERA with 65 strikeouts. Talladega, really a team that did some impressive things to get into the tournament. They're playing at a really high level. I've seen Talladega, you know, a lot in my four years of watching NEI baseball, and they played better last weekend than I've ever seen them play. The fifth seed is LSU Alexandria making their fourth appearance. The Generals are 32-25. and 25. They are the Red River Athletic Conference Tournament champion. They have hit a 303 average as a team with a 435 ERA. Henry Rodriguez, 251 ERA. 6-3 and three record, 68 innings pitch, 30 walks, 79 strikeouts. And then Logan Constantine on the plate, 365 average with 7 home runs and 52 RBIs for him on the season. Cody, we went in the, in the Southern States Tournament and we took Faulkner all the way around. Are you doing the same here in the Montgomery bracket? Yeah, we should mention that. In the Lawrenceville bracket, the AII tournament and the SSA tournament, we were horrible on those selections. So we will admit we were not great with those picks. But I'm sticking with it. You know, double or nothing. I'm taking Faulkner to win this. This is the showdown. They know this. This is time to go to Lewiston. They're going to get it done. Yeah, I'm taking Faulkner as well. Uh, is there is there a dark horse you see? You know, I think it really just depends on who wins that, that 230 game, that Weber International-Indiana Tech game. If Weber International throws that spivey kid, you know, I, I would say Weber, because I would say they're going to put their front foot first. When he outdueled Jonathan Bermudez, I, I have to admit, I, I sought him out after the game and, and shook his hand and uh, just told him how impressive of an appearance that was for him. I think uh, that winner of that Indiana Tech-Weber International game has the, has the opportunity uh, to really at least try to take Faulkner down to the wire. And then you look at what Weber did to St. Thomas in the final game. Their pitching has just been really good right now. So I do think whoever wins that second game will go to the final against Faulkner. And I, I will pick Weber if they throw Spivey game one. But I'm gonna think, I think Faulkner's going to win no matter what. So that's my pick to win this opening round. Yeah, J.D. Tehran in that championship game was impressive. At one point, he sat down 17 Bobcats in a row. I believe it was 231 games since the last time the Bobcats of St. Thomas University were shut out. Yeah, February of 2015 was the last time St. Thomas did not score a run in a game. That's incredible. Let's head down to Oklahoma City. The Oklahoma City bracket hosted by OCU from Jim Wade Stadium. They are the number one overall seed. Denny Crayball and the Stars making their ninth appearance with five titles. The number two seed is Mobile making their first appearance. Number three seed is Central Methodist. They are making their fourth appearance. Jamestown gets into the tournament. They have their seventh appearance. And then York out of Nebraska, sixth appearance, one title. I'll start us off and tell us more about OCU, Oklahoma City University, 47-7 and on the year. They are the Sooner Athletic Conference runner-up. The pitcher I chose was a guy, Cody, we know a lot about in Matt Young, a 1.65 ERA with a 3-0 record, 32 and two-thirds innings pitch, four walks, 47 strikeouts. This is a kid that thought his season was probably over at the beginning of the year, and he's really the wild card for this team. Yeah, on opening day, he took a line drive to the face, shattered his jaw, was, you know, had to eat out of a straw for a while. Just a really great comeback story for him. He pitched over 20 innings in the World Series last year. You talk about an ace for their team. He's going to be big for their run this year. And then the hitter to watch, none other than Lane Milligan. 477 average, 93 hits, 14 triples, 14 home runs, 85 RBIs. What a special year that guy's having. Cody, tell us more about Mobile. You know, they're an at-large team. They're 42-15 and 15 on the year, hitting 315 as a team with a 3.63 ERA. It's a solid all-around. First baseman Christian Snow, 395 average, 12 doubles, 16 home runs with 62 runs driven in. And then 
Braxton Rhodes has been their best pitcher all year. 98 innings, 2.48 ERA, 94 strikeouts. When you look at Mobile's stats, they pop off the page. They have some really good numbers. I've got Central Methodist out of Missouri. They are 40-14, and 14, and the HAAC runner-up, pitcher Kyle Fulton, with nine saves on this, excuse me, nine starts on the year with a 0.97. That's nine starts with an 0.97 ERA. He's 9-0, four saves, 74 and a third innings pitch, 15 walks, 91 strikeouts. What a year he's having. And then Logan Herring, 399 average, 16 home runs, 82 RBIs. Cody, tell us more about Jamestown and York. Jamestown received an at-large bid. They're 41-9 and on the year, hitting 345 as a team with a 3.60 ERA. I picked a designated hitter, sometimes plays a little bit of first base. Caleb Benstock, guy's been on a tear lately, 438 this year, 11 home runs, 39 RBIs. Chase Tometz, 76 innings pitched, 2.86 ERA, 93 strikeouts. The fifth team in this region is York, the KCAC runner-up. They had to go on a run in the tournament to keep their season alive, and they did. They were definitely a bracket buster. Hit 280 on the year, 578 ERA. A player to look out for them is Jake Sola, 336 average, 17 home runs with 43 RBIs. And then the best pitcher for them all year has been their guys, 90 innings, 20 more than anyone else on the team, Billy Damon. 90 innings on the year, 4.28 ERA, 94 strikeouts. So now that we've talked about the Oklahoma City bracket, who's going to win it? Oklahoma City is going to win this bracket. I think they're going to go 3-0, and and I think they're going back to Lewiston. I think OCU is going to win it also. Um, also, I've seen way too much OCU for my lifetime. They're a good team. Lane Milligan is absolutely incredible. I think uh, Denny Crayball, the Stars, have a special group this year. They're going back to Lewiston. Is there a dark horse in this tournament? You know, I don't know if you'd call the two-seed a dark horse, but I think Mobile can score some runs out there. I remember last year, Campbellsville put a lot of runs on Oklahoma City and made it interesting. Um, but I, I think Oklahoma City was going to get it done. But I think Mobile, you know, I think they could win a game. I'll take Central Methodist. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Fulton, Logan Heron are, are two really special players, so uh, Central Methodist will be my dark horse. Moving on here to the Upland Bracket, hosted by Taylor University, Winter Holter Field. The number one overall seed moving a long way to Indiana is Oklahoma Wesleyan, their fourth appearance, two titles. The number two seed is Freed Hardeman out of Tennessee, fourth appearance for them. Cumberland out of Tennessee is the three seed, sixth appearance, two titles. Taylor University out of Indiana, the host school, with their sixth appearance. And then Northwestern out of Iowa with their fourth appearance. Cody, tell us about Oklahoma Wesleyan. They are the KCAC regular season and tournament champions. They're hitting 358 as a team with a 2.32 ERA, which leads the country. Austin Sajka, 398, probably saying his name wrong. Apologize for that. 398, that's a tough one. 70 runs, 12 home runs, 60 RBIs. He is their leadoff hitter. He sets the table for a very good lineup. And then Tyson Cronin, the KCAC Pitcher of the Year, 10-1 record, 82 innings, 1.21 ERA, 71 strikeouts. He's actually hitting over 400 on the season, too, and limited at bats, but pretty impressive athlete. I've got Freed Hardeman out of Tennessee making their fourth appearance. They are 40-18 and 18 overall. They are the AMC Tournament Champion, 309 average, 411 ERA. Jared Humphrey, the pitcher to watch here, 303 ERA, 6-3 record, 74 and a third innings pitch. And then Josh... Sears, 391 average, 391 average with 17 home runs, 63 RBIs. Absolutely incredible. Cody, tell us more about Cumberland out of Tennessee. They received an at-large spot. They're hitting 297 on the team with a 4.81 ERA. Raiden Sierra, the right fielder, 369 average, 16 doubles, 22 home runs with 54 RBIs. Incredible year for Sierra. And then the starting pitcher, Thomas Gillard, 89 innings pitch, 3.45 ERA, 65 strikeouts. He's thrown four complete games this year. He needs to be big and take that first game if they're going to have success this week. I've got Taylor out of the Crossroads League as an at-large, 43-14 and 14 with a 327 average, 269 ERA for Taylor. Matt Patton is the guy to watch on the mound, a 188 ERA, 10-3 record, 91 
innings pitch, seven walks, 99 strikeouts, and the Nathan Target, a 396 average, six home runs, 63 RBIs. Be interesting to see with Taylor's pitching what they can do in this tournament. Then Northwestern out of Iowa, 30 and 18, the GPAC regular season champ, 292 average with a 473 ERA. Mitchell Kresnick on the mound, 343 ERA, 7-2 record, 65 and two-thirds innings pitch, 12 walks, 42 strikeouts. And then Matt Martin, the hitter, 340 average for him, six home runs, 37 RBIs. Cody, Upland Bracket, winner, dark horse, go for it. Well, I do want to give a shout-out to Northwestern. They've been playing really good baseball. They actually won the tournament championship, too. They swept the GPAC this year. But I'm taking Oklahoma Wesleyan to win this bracket. I think I just think they're the best team in this bracket. I think Freed Hardman's been playing better baseball than anyone in the country. I think they've won, like, 24 or 26 or something like that. And, I mean, they're just playing well. They're playing really good baseball. They swept the AMC tournament. But I just think Oklahoma Wesleyan just has a little bit more. Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma Wesleyan also, but um, my dark horse is going to be Taylor. I think, you know, if their pitching can can hold them and uh, they get some, some good hitting, they're playing at home, sleeping in their own beds, it's going to be an interesting tournament. They Obviously, they have to beat Northwestern, but coming out on that first day, you got an opportunity to take down Oklahoma Wesleyan on day one, see if they can do it, but uh, Taylor will be my dark horse. And I'm happy that Coach Woody Hunt and Cumberland made the tournament and you know, I hope that they can bring some positive energy to this tournament and win some games. But I think Freed Hardeman, a team, if I was going to pick a runner-up, Freed Hardeman is going to be the runner-up in this tournament. And it's possible, man. Oklahoma Wesleyan, they're playing them out of Bartlesville. So I'd like to see what they do up in Upland. Last but not least, the Williamsburg Bracket, hosted by the University of the Cumberlands out of Kentucky. The number one overall seed there is Bryan College out of Tennessee, their fourth appearance. The number two seed is Cumberland's. Kentucky making their second appearance. Point Park out of Pennsylvania, fourth appearance, one title. The University of Northwestern Ohio, Uno, making their third appearance. And Marion out of Indiana with their second appearance. Cody, tell us about Bryan and Cumberland's. Bryan's 40-15 and 15 on the year. They're an at-large berth. They were the AAC regular season champion. They hit 320 as a team with a 4.45 ERA. Player to watch for them, right fielder Fernando Garcia. 439 average, 26 doubles, 12 home runs with 68 runs driven in. And then the pitcher, one of the best pitchers all the year, has been one of the best pitchers in NAI consistently all season, is Steven Chambly. 11-0 record, 99 innings pitched, 2.8 ERA, and 129 strikeouts. The second team in this regional is Cumberland's, another at-large team. They won the Mid-South regular season tournament, or the regular season championship, excuse me. 332 average, 4.07 ERA. Player to watch for them is the three-hole hitter, Roddy Martinez. 343 with 15 home runs and 64 RBIs. And then it's tough to pick between their one and two. They have two really good pitchers. I went with Zach Hurley. 8-0 on the year, 76 innings pitch, 2.24 ERA with 89 strikeouts. I've got Point Park and Uno to tell you about here. Point Park first, 45-7, and seven, the River State Conference Tournament champ, 336 average with a 254 ERA. Felix Castillo on the mound, 138 ERA, 9-0 record, 65 and a third innings pitch, 15 walks, 57 strikeouts. And then Ben Herstein with a 366 average, three home runs, 44 RBIs. Point Park is the number three seed in this tournament. The number four seed is Uno, the University of Northwestern Ohio. 38 and 18. They are the at-large bid out of the WAC. 326 average with a 454 ERA. And I always get this guy's name wrong. Uh, He is French-Canadian. Olivier Malou. 298 ERA. 10 and 3 record. 84 and two-thirds innings pitch. 21 walks. 69 strikeouts. Eric Gonzalez, the hitter, to watch 346 average, 12 doubles, 46 RBIs. Cody finishes off here with Marion. Marion won the Crossroads Tournament Championship, punched their ticket, the final automatic bid to the NAIA tournament, hitting 317 on the year with a 5.54 team ERA. Cody Earl, third baseman, 408 average, 48 runs, 10 home runs, and 40 RBIs, consistently, excuse me, been one of their best hitters all season. 
And Matt Burlington, been one of the best pitchers the last two years in the NAI, 77 innings pitch, 2.79 ERA, second straight year he's had a sub-3 ERA. And he pitched dominantly in that final game to get them here. Eight innings, one earned against Huntington in the Crossroads Tournament Championship. He's a guy that can go out there and shake up some games. Williamsburg is our final bracket. Tell me your winner and dark horse. I'm picking Brian to win this regional. I think they're going to win the tournament. And the dark horse is going to be Point Park. I think Point Park could find their way to Lewiston as well. Okay, I'm going to go a little bit different here. I'm going to go Point Park. I think uh, Point Park, if they win that first game, I'm, I'm going to take Point Park to win the tournament. Uh, but I could see Brian winning it. They're, they're a really special team this year. So Point Park to win it. My dark horse, Uno. I think that's a team with a lot of power behind it. I think uh, they're, they're special. You know, they got in as an at-large. I actually had them in when we were doing mock-ups that whole time. I had Uno into the tournament. I could see them making a little bit of a run here. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in Williamsburg. But, Cody, you know, we've gone through everything. Obviously, one team with an automatic bid to the NAI World Series. Nine teams getting decided in this upcoming week. I'm excited for this postseason baseball. I'm excited. It's going to be a really great week of baseball. It's going to be fun. And there's nothing better than Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Three days of just tournament baseball, win or go home. Everyone's putting all hands on deck. You're going to see people turning over pitchers really quickly. And if you don't have a good outing, you're going to get pulled really quickly. It is some of the best quality baseball. It is high adrenaline. Live and die on every pitch. I'm excited for it. I wish I could make the trip to Lawrenceville. I wish I could call a uh, you know an opening round tournament. I'm really excited for it. Nine other teams will join the host school, Lewis Clark State in Lewiston, Idaho. And for the guys listening to this podcast or coaches that have never been, it's special. It's special. It's a baseball town. Obviously, nobody wants to open up, you know, with LCSC. You don't want to play LCSC in an elimination game. When I was there in 2013, I was eliminated, eliminated by Lewis Clark. Uh, we were, we played them tough. Some things didn't break our way, but every time they scored, it sounded like a, a tornado was going through the stadium. And every time we scored, you could hear a pin drop, and it was awesome. I I, I loved it to play them, you know, in an elimination game on that Monday in front of 6,000-plus people, it's an awesome feeling. So, you know, really, if you're getting that opportunity to go out there, you want that because Lewiston's fantastic, and it's a great tournament host. Absolutely. And Lewis Clark State's one of the top ten teams in the country. I'm just messing around, people. Don't get all offended. I know Lewis Clark's very good, and they're very deserving, and if you put them in an opening round, they would probably win it more times than not. I've always been on record with that. I just don't like the process of the auto bid. Hey, I don't blame you there. I don't blame you there. That's uh, that's definitely a, uh, a something that a lot of people around the nation don't like. But you know what? Only a few more years of it, and then they're going to host. And I think that's going to be even better for the NAI because Lewis Clark's going to host an opening round tournament. More teams are going to get in to the tournament. And then at the same time, it's going to get the people in the LC Valley more involved with Lewis Clark baseball instead of the World Series, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to get the people in that valley, uh, you know, more hyped up for that tournament and bigger crowds, and it's it's going to be really cool. I, be- I agree. I, they're going to get to see them a couple of weeks earlier in a tournament baseball format, and I've heard nothing but amazing things about the city of Lewiston and the way they run that event. So I've, I'm really excited to hopefully get out there this year and see Lewiston, Idaho, and watch Lewis Clark State play again. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just going to be a wonderful event. I'm glad that they're going to continue to host it. I definitely don't want the World Series to be anywhere else. Their fan support is just amazing. And for what they give to these players when they go out there, it's just an incredible experience. So, Cody, any final thoughts, any final remarks? I'm going to ask you before we get to the World Series, because we'll do it again after this week, who are you going to pick? If we're taking away, like, I'm not going to pick Georgia Gwinnett, you're not going to pick Kaiser, take your school out of it. Who are you going to pick? Who do you think will win the national championship? Oh man. Okay, put me on the spot like that. Um Can can I say it's between two teams? Yeah, you, I guess you can pick a runner up too. That's fine. I, I think it's between Faulkner and Oklahoma City. 
I think uh, Faulkner and Oklahoma City have two really special teams. It wouldn't surprise me if there's somebody from outside of that that makes a run at it. But um, I think Faulkner would, would be my favorite team to just based on how they play when they get out there to Lewiston. I would agree. Um, I'm actually going to pick St. Thomas, though. I think they have all the pieces this year. They have a great head coach and Coach Perez. They have all the talent they need. They have arms. They have a bullpen, Vadez. They have great hitters. So I think St. Thomas, if I couldn't pick my own school, I'd pick St. Thomas. Yeah, I could see that. I could absolutely see that because, you know, that Ernie Valdez coming in uh, into the game, you know, late out of the bullpen is fantastic. Uh, their offense is absolutely electric. And even without uh, – Nelson Montpierre was sick in the Sun Conference tournament, and they still managed – in all but two games to put up 10-plus runs in the entire Sun Conference tournament. Uh, and so their offense is electric. Jackie Urbias, I really did not realize how special he was until this tournament. So really impressed with him. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm really excited for this week of baseball. Uh, I know, Cody, you and I are going to be watching Lawrenceville closely. One thing we will be doing is nightly recaps, maybe while the last game is going on, uh, I'll be doing some Periscope from the NAI Ball Twitter, and uh, we'll be talking some, some baseball that happened earlier in the day as well as giving live score updates. Absolutely, man. I'll be on stretch internet watching different games across the country all day, so I don't just focus on one bracket, even though, I mean, it's consistently I've been following one team all year while following 186 more, so I'm just looking forward to it. It's going to be the best two days we've seen all year. And I'll be getting in trouble at work for trying to stream games, so that's just the way it's going to go. You know, it, it's just the way it's going to be. I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great opening round tournament. We hope you like the picks. We hope you like the show. And until next time, when we talk to you again, we'll be talking a Vista NAI Baseball World Series right here on the NAI Ball Podcast. Have a great night and a better tomorrow. <laughs>